Put some respect on my name. Welcome, one and welcome all. We are live on episode number one zero zero of Very Upstream. Yeah, crazy, right? Seven seasons in, a hundred episodes, and you guys have been rocking it. Alex has been here more more than I have, I think, at this point. (laughs) (laughs) We got Alex of Cyberbytes Inc. here, alongside Blaze, editor in chief over at Crackberry, and my man Brandon, who made it back to North America safely. How was your trip, Brandon? It was good. It was a lot of fun. And the goal is. Where'd you yeah, go? I went to, uh, yeah, fill us in. I went to the UK to go visit a friend who's uh, who's studying over there. So I was there for about ten days, just traveling around. Uh, he was in Leeds, so went to Leeds, Liverpool, Manchester. Well, not really Manchester. Went through Manchester, but then and then Dublin, Ireland as well. So I'm sad. Never, Brendan never even had the common courtesy to send me some Doctor Who shit from the UK. What a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> He made it back before the swag did. <laughs> yeah. There's too much drinking. I wouldn't have even known like what you're talking about. <laughs> he, he bought you something. He just probably pawned it for more alcohol money. On the- <laughs> while he was there. <laughs> I'm glad you had a good trip. I'm glad you made it back safe, just in time for us to kind of celebrate here on this milestone for the podcast. Uh, yeah. It's just been crazy. You know, one of the things that this podcast has taught me, at least, in I really didn't expect it to teach me this, is that the Blackbird discussion never ends. It really doesn't. We have, and Blaze and I were remarking about this the other week, it's like, when we have nothing to talk about, the podcast is great. When we have a massive topic list of things we have to cover, it, it drags on because we're trying to make sure we cover it all. Yeah, so it the, most, nice. the most interesting conversations come when there is, like, absolutely nothing Blackberry to talk about, but there's still a massive amount of stuff that comes to talk yeah. about. It's like, wow. <laughs> We just all get in our feelings, I think, at that point, and uh, straight off the uh, the journalistic path just a bit. <laughs> but uh, definitely great to have you guys on. I want to start off on some rumors. You know, I was trolling the uh, the Crackberry forums as I as I often do these days because it there's always someone there either like complaining about something stupid or there's someone who has some genuine input. And Blaze is over there. Uh, yeah, kind of turning the waters in the CB forums a little bit with a rumor he'd heard, and I thought the rumor was pretty interesting. And as a talk piece to kind of start our discussion today, talking about mid-range Android handsets, Blaze, you want to kind of dive in on this Alcatel idle hardware and what that has to do it whatsoever with BlackBerry, it, you know, in terms of a rumor, again. Yeah. Disclaimer, well, rumor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I put so many disclaimers on that thing that, it, you know, I, I did so in respect that everybody would basically, you know, take it exactly for what it was. It was just basically a rumor that I heard from pretty much one or two people. I won't say how many right now, but one or two people that I eventually that I essentially trust. And you know, at this point in time, it seems as though everybody knows that BlackBerry needs to essentially cut down on their hardware costs to be able to go ahead and stay, you know, hopefully somewhat profitable in that area. And that has been something that John Chen has been working on. You know, he got the, the average selling price of devices up, but the hardware still costs a lot for them to go ahead and make. Um, this rumor came about that I, I had heard it previously, and, you know, it, it came around a second time with basically the, the release of the, uh, the specs for this quote-unquote Hamburg device that um, is supposedly appearing in, in uh, some benchmarks right now. And, and um, just for, for some quick clarity, the Hamburg is the one that is in all touch, is that correct? Yeah, exactly. All right. So basically what I had heard previously was that, you know, BlackBerry was looking to go ahead 
and cut down some of their hardware costs. And in order to be able to go ahead and do that, they needed to expand upon some partnerships. And one of those partnerships was supposedly through Alcatel, um, which is essentially TCL. TCL actually owns Alcatel, and they built their phones, and that is uh, a company out of China which basically builds phones. They brand them as Alcatel devices, and they sell them. Um, it has essentially always been sort of a mid-range sort of um, manufacturer, which pretty much fits directly into where BlackBerry is headed at this point. Um, so I had heard that, you know, one of these devices or, you know, BlackBerry was getting together with Alcatel, quote-unquote, TCL, to be able to go ahead and, you know, put out some mid-range devices. And basically one of the devices that they were using as reference hardware to build a, a mid-range fleet was the Alcatel Idol 4. The Idol 4 was a device that was released not, not released, but it was unveiled at Mobile World Congress back in February, and supposedly it was set to arrive anywhere from like April, May, June, July um, in this time frame, but that has the, the Idle 4 hasn't appeared as of yet. And what I had heard was that basically BlackBerry was taking that as a reference model, and they were going to essentially go ahead and rebrand that as a BlackBerry device rather than, you know, building off... Um, essentially their own hardware or anything like that. They would just take a, take a pretty much existing model, add some customizations to it, such as, you know, like the BlackBerry Productivity Suite, maybe a little bit of a different badging, and essentially release that as their next mid-range BlackBerry device. And again, huge, huge, massive disclaimers on there. I'm not... I, I, that's specifically why I didn't blog it, is because I fully admit that, you know, it's... It's a little bit of a shady rumor, but as we're going to get to with these Hamburg specs, when you start putting some of the very smaller pieces together, it actually starts making a lot of lot of sense um, in respect to you know the, the 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 release date of the devices, the spec comparison itself, um, the actual like this uh, the, the the visual look of the device itself is pretty close to what has has been filtered out there already in terms of the Hamburg device, even though that those were based off of, you know, rumors themselves. It, it does fit in line with everything that we've heard thus far about the Hamburg device. So uh, when you start putting all those little teeny tiny pieces together, it actually started making a lot of sense. And that's why I put it out there. I didn't put it out there. I didn't blog it. You know, I put, like, 15 different disclaimers on it, but I just wanted to share it because, again, when you start putting little things together, it actually starts making a lot of sense, and it could, you know, turn out to be our reality. And at this point in time, it was one of those things that I just wanted to go ahead and share without without trying to say, like, this is happening. Like, I didn't want didn't to put it out there because, again, like I said, I fully admit it's a little bit shady. <laughs> Now, if, if Brandon had pushed this rumor out, then it would be shady, just like those print pictures he caught at the Toronto <laughs> Film Festival. But, yeah. But, you know, just for the same reason that you think the rumor holds, you know, even a little bit of weight, is it comes down to that trust factor. And it's something I look back on when we look at Priv, right? If you look at Priv, it's basically an LG G4 with a Samsung screen, right, and a slider mechanism. So to say this kind of base reference platform in in, in you know phones is something that's unheard of is definitely I think a, 
a little bit amateurish. What I think is interesting is that BlackBerry is going to a region, a.k.a. China, in terms of where they're looking for middle-range hardware. I think the Idol is an, is an interesting device for a couple of reasons. It seems like one of those devices that could be easily misconstrued as like a Samsung device or something else. If you're not looking for, you know, the logos and different things like that. If I look at the Idol 4 with no branding or anything on it, I'd wonder, is that a Samsung, you know, S6 or something like that? Because it looks very, very similar. And I think that homogeny is really what's kind of taken over a lot of the Android space right now. So for BlackBerry to go in very, you know, at the cheapest end they can and try to swing a profit here, a slab is a slab is a slab, right? I mean, it's what you really are going to put in terms of the software that adds the unique value. And BlackBerry seems to have that, you know, Android M, BlackBerry Buy that we're going to get to. So have you guys taken a look at the Idol 4, maybe Alex or Brandon? What are some of your thoughts if BlackBerry were to repurpose this kind of hardware? Is it something that would interest you in the slightest coming from, you know, the higher-end PRID and or BlackBerry Passport? I feel like you already kind of know my feelings based on it. Alex doesn't um, want anything mid-range. <laughs> yeah, that's just... I guess realistically, if you look at BlackBerry, say a phone without a keyboard, for instance, with mid-range specs, I think there's just so many better alternatives at that point. So unless you're really trying to get the security uh, improvements, then I just don't see what the point would be aside from Enterprise, which you know will always make sense. They want to have the full... Um, you know, the software and the hardware to offer, but otherwise, it's just not, not for me. I don't know. I... You don't want the boom key? What's wrong with you? <laughs> nope. Oh, hey, look at that. Hey. Um, yeah. is, that, is that Chris over there that we got? He's probably going to have to troubleshoot Hello? some of his... Hey, Chris, how's it going? Can anyone hear me? Yes. Yeah, we can hear you loud and clear. How's it going? Uh, I like this has these people to hang out. <laughs> We're definitely glad to have you on. We're talking right now a little bit about some of the mid-range kind of BlackBerry rumors we've been hearing. Uh, so, a Alex, I was just asking you, you know, in terms of some of this hardware... I'm is... doing great. I'm just... Oh, 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 God. Oh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Alex, I was asking, you know, is something... Are any of the hardware features that you find on this Alcatel, you know, even interesting to you? Blackberry to repurpose. I know Dylan. Some of his rumors were talking specific to. Sorry, I jabbed my um, headphone into a USB jack. <laughs> oh. oh, terrible! <laughs> Is, are any of those little hardware features, like for instance, the boom key, like a convenience key, something you'd find interesting on Android? Um, I mean. Kind of. I, not that I would actually buy a device for. I think when it comes down to what would actually make me make the decision to buy a device, I don't think the little things that they mention are, would be them, at least for me, but that's just how I am. It might be different for someone else. Blaze, could you imagine, like, you know, the, the, the Idol actually coming out with, or excuse me, the, the Viper Hamburg or whatever it would be called, coming out with like a VR headset packed in for quote-unquote productivity purposes? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be an interesting selling point. I don't think BlackBerry could pull that one off unless they were going after consumers. So. You know <laughs> yeah, that not to be the case at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not the the, the best draw right, guys, their hardware. Sorry, guys, wasting time. Um, yep, the good show. Uh, long live BlackBerry and um, heading out, guys. Sorry, right. I can't hear any of you guys. Oh, no, no problem. Worries. Thanks gotta, for you trying. Gotta, you, gotta, you gotta take it out of the USB port, man. Thank you. Well, that explains the random talking, so he couldn't hear us. So. 
Yeah. I think the uh, I think I'm all for them just getting out of the hardware business and just shifting that whole aspect off to somebody else. So I mean, regardless of what Alex says, I I think it'd probably be a good move. And I I think well, that like, <laughs> I think personally, I think they should just get away from hardware in general. I mean, the hardware is nice, but at the end of the day, I think <clears throat> what I ultimately like the most, and what I think a lot of BlackBerry people like the most, is the software aspect uh, that they're doing, and it's really their, I mean, they've had a historical strength in hardware, but lately, the <clears throat> that whole space is just a little too, just a little too tight, I don't see them putting their best foot forward in that space right now, and I think they're way more geared to, to, uh, to get the, uh, the software, you know, nail the software from that perspective without having to worry about hardware. So I think uh, from that perspective, I, I'm all for mid-range device, just because I think they, if they get out of the hardware side of things, they can easily scale their software side to kind of go to whatever type of devices they want to market their software on. So I'm all for it. But what what does that tell BlackBerry's customers at the end of the day? Does that that's it say go buy an iPhone? Like you know, sorry, we can't help you. What does that tell your government customers and, and your different enterprises who have been using your phones? I know it's a minute number, right? It's obviously not something they can really make profitable for them. But not having an option is pretty bad. It almost is now you have to sell your competitor. And, and that seems to even cannibalize the business even more. I mean, is that something you think they can do or should do just to accelerate the software side of the I, business? Brand? I, don't, I don't believe in that because, like... Ultimately, the hardware is an ends to a, like a, a means to an end, like and that end is to be fully secure. So if they can provide a software solution that can function on another device and provide that end end solution, I don't see why it's kind of feeding your competitor's hand. I mean, it, it's still going to be that IP that that software IP that they're going to be like building that's going to be giving them profit and revenue. So I, I don't necessarily see how. They necessarily need hardware unless, no, it's not possible to do it on other devices. But, I mean, and maybe that, that could be a possibility. But, I mean, if there's any possibility that, you know, 90 to 95% of the people that use their devices could be covered under a software uh, solution, I don't see why they should be, you know, taking losses on devices just to serve that last 5%. And it's something that they've essentially been pushing towards anyways because we went we went from BlackBerry basically saying, you know, buy our devices, buy our software, to BlackBerry pretty much saying that they'll support whatever is out there, the leaders in the market. You know, John Chen basically said it himself that he, he doesn't care if you use an Apple device. He doesn't care if you use a Samsung device as long as, you know, the back-end systems are being covered directly by BlackBerry services and software. I no, guess I guess one of the pieces that's missing for me is that if they say, you know, the key to security is end to end and they contribute nothing in the hardware side to that end to end solution, yeah. your security is only as good as what your competitors can build in, you know? It gives you at least a little bit of leverage to say we are the most secure, even if it's by a one, you know, one or two percent margin yeah. more secure. It's you know, security is is a is a wall, right? How tall can we get it so that breaches don't happen? As opposed to, or how deep, you know, we can make the the entry for different malware and things like that. So even if the priv or let's say you know some of these mid range phones just offer five percent more security through Bide through some of these other things that we're seeing, I think that's the value. It's that they can say yes. 
we can secure the others, right? But you're at the the security hands of those hardware OEMs, whereas our solution, the one we build, is just that much more secure with our yeah, security infrastructure, you know? I agree with that as much as I agree with Brandon as well. It's like if you can't make a profit off of it, then get out of it. But at the same time, you're sort of like they're kind of saving face by having that ability to go ahead and offer hardware. Yeah, it may only be a small amount, but you know, at the same time, you, you can still say that you have an end-to-end -end solution offering, but at some point in time, you come to a crossroad. It's like, is this business worth losing some money, or should we stick on a path? Like, There's going to be a point in time where John Chen has to make that decision, and he... He's pretty much said it himself. You know, there's going to be a point in time if I can't make it profitable, then, you know, we're going to have to go ahead and exit out of that. It's just it, right now, it's like where is that crossroad? Like where in BlackBerry's timeline is that crossroad? We've all heard like September, whatever. You know, I don't want to, don't really want to get into that because yeah, that's for a now lick, a lick of sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, for now, they're still building hardware. You know, that's it. You know, I'm not going to say that they're, yeah, they're going to get out of hardware. Right now, I'm just looking at the prospect of, like, where in, in BlackBerry's timeline does it become problematic for them, and they say, okay, we're going to exit hardware, or, okay, we're going to continue on with hardware. Like, where I, is that? I feel like... And I don't know where that is as of yet, because we don't I don't have think they even know, though. Like, do you and, realistically and, think... And no, and I agree with that. I don't yeah. think that they know. That's... That's why I've said before, like, if you look through a lot of my forum posts and stuff like that, I'm like, a lot of people will ask me questions. I'm like, really, honestly? I don't even think BlackBerry knows what their next device is or, yeah. you know, when they're going to go ahead and release this or release that or, you know, I really, I, I, I totally agree with you. I don't think BlackBerry has the answers to a lot of this stuff. And a lot of it is basically, you know, sit and wait and see and, and, how how the check out how the progression goes like how well, well it, did priv do how well did you know passport sales increase once we release priv or whatever like it's a numbers game they're they're sitting back and collecting the data yeah and i feel like kind of one of the main points that james that you brought up the say say that by having both sides of the spectrum so the hardware and software they can be 5% safer like to the average consumer that genuinely does not mean anything. But to a business, that can be a really big deal. So I feel like all all roads kind of point to short term. It makes sense for enterprise, not really for the consumer market. So that's that's why I necessarily don't want to see hardware go away because that might be the way that they can get that software sell that they may have not been able to get otherwise. Because even if BlackBerry is fully a software-based company, if this hardware can help them get, you know, say we can make you 5% more secure than the other software you're currently using if you use all of our stuff, and if that can give them the sell that they would have not gotten otherwise, like that makes sense. But at the end of the day, like if we talk at all about consumer, it doesn't matter, and I don't think that the hardware business makes sense whatsoever for the consumer market. Um, maybe here, the enthusiast. Here's something that I think is very interesting. And it, has you, it goes back to Thorsten Hines. It goes back to the reason they built BlackBerry 10. Because they could have easily and, you know, argumentatively maybe smarter to go Android back then, back when, you know, it wasn't such a saturated market. Black when BlackBerry actually had a quote-unquote comeback, right? And they actually were 
investing in new things. Uh, it would be interesting if the change had happened then, right, for them to go Android. But the reason they went BlackBerry 10 was to, one, have a differentiator outside of hardware and really push themselves to build something that was more secure. You know, obviously going for the QNX kernel and things like that, building what BlackBerry 10 would become was something that was in vital importance to them at that point because it was a differentiator that wasn't a physical one, right? Beyond the user interface or the applications or even the form factor of the Z10 and the Q10, right? It was really what was differentiating was the underlying you know, security advantages that they were going to be able to push. It was BlackBerry 10 almost bought them the time to become a fully cross-platform company where they really didn't have the time to do so earlier because they yeah. were coming right off the heels of BBOS. You know what I'm saying? So for them to say, oh, we're cross-platform, it wasn't going to happen. It was something that was going to take time for them. And it's almost as if BlackBerry 10, win, lose, or fail would buy them the time they needed to expand on that other side of the business, you know, taking Bez 10, building it to Bez 12, bringing in, you know, as we know now, the good dynamics platform and really having a robust enterprise portfolio. So It's I, unfortunate because I, I think BlackBerry 10 needed more time itself, you know what I mean? Definitely. And, right. and, and you know, from a security perspective, it's going to get that time, you know, literally three years later, it'll get those updates to bring it yeah, kind of but... to where it needed. But I do agree, in terms of the functionality, you know, there's some things that are always left to be desired. And that can be said of any platform. Uh, I, I'm using BlackBerry 10, I'm using Blend, and I'm, I'm loving it. I really am pretty satisfied. But I kind of see, you know, years down the road where it's going to deteriorate, not because BlackBerry hasn't invested in it further, but more because the rest of the market is going to just continue moving beyond it, you know? Yeah. I think Marshmallow and BB10 are almost at parity with one another. I think once N and subsequent Android OS is coming, the the point of BlackBerry 10 is going to diminish down to user interface, you know, more than anything. And that is not enough to sell hardware. And to Brandon's point, if they were to get out right now, I think they would see immediate returns. But I think long term, it would alter the perception and really the DNA of what the company has been doing, right? You let can't me, say you can't say you're end-to-end -end security if you don't have every end covered, you know? Let me ask you this, and it's something that I thought about before because basically BlackBerry used to do it previously. Um, it was really difficult to actually go ahead and buy certain devices directly from BlackBerry. Like They used to have a specific spot on the website for you to be able to go ahead and buy these devices um, because they weren't available through carriers or whatever scenario. Do you envision, do any of you guys envision a, a time where you as a consumer will not be able to go ahead and purchase a BlackBerry, but let's say, for example, you work for an organization, you were able to purchase a, a device directly from BlackBerry. So yeah. it, you would you would have no carrier option, no, no, you know, walk into a store, pick up a BlackBerry device to be able to choose from. Like, just strictly, you know, you got to work for, like, IBM or you got to have some sort of corporate account with BlackBerry in order to be able to go ahead and purchase... A yes. BlackBerry branded device. I, that, like, yeah, that's that. I could definitely see that. But the question is, how much more work is it to bring it to the consumer market as opposed, to, like, would it really be that beneficial for them to do that, or why not just do both? Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said as well about just the relationship with the carriers, right? Even if you're not exhausting yeah. that relationship to 100% of its capability, having that door open for either distribution, for advertising, for even support, right, on your networks, right, not to totally block it out. I think it goes without saying that 
some of those relationships have value beyond the handset business even. For instance, if they want to go IoT and they want to try to get partners on board, they can talk to AT&T, they can talk to Verizon or whatever the case may be in whatever region and try to push some of their IoT you know, uh, initiatives as well. So uh, you know, hardware is, again, something that keeps the door open. I think some of its value is not necessarily seen on the balance sheet, but I think there is value on the security side, obviously on the networking side as well. As BlackBerry you know, looks to kind of expand some of their platform as well and, and its distribution on the software side, I think it can kind of play into one another. I can definitely see Blaze's scenario where the only way you're really going to get BlackBerry hardware is if you buy direct, you get on shop BlackBerry, or you're getting it directly from your enterprise or your corporate. And really, I, again, I, I think, as Dallin mentioned last week, there's a good possibility and a good reality that you know, we see BlackBerry 10 devices and obviously some of the other Android devices be available you know, on shop BlackBerry, but in the carrier stores, if there's going to be a device, it would be this Android solution. And if BlackBerry can continue kind of minimizing costs on that side of the business, it may make sense to continue to have a consumer carrier presence. It might make sense to do things like building in a Stephen Colbert BBM emoji into Android. <laughs> it might, you know, and it's funny because like the Android M update brought in like 200 extra emojis, right? It brought in a lot of consumer features. So you got to juxtapose, I think, at a point where BlackBerry understands that with Android they're going after a different kind of user as they are today with BlackBerry 10. And it's figuring out, you know, how long they can take each path and walk down each, you know. It's going to be an interesting play. And, you know, Blaze, I don't see the cost benefit of not being in the carriers, right? Yeah. Especially if the carriers are already willing to take you on and have mi minimal inventory, right? I'm sure AT&T bought a lot, and that's why we're seeing so many of those discounts here and there on Amazon or whatever, right? Someone bought up on, on inventory, and now they got to move it. So even people, you know, complain about the high, high price point of the priv, I think they they wanted to come in high and just reduce from there. Yeah. To one test the well, pricing makes, of the market. You that know, makes, and that, that logically makes sense. I mean, mm -hmm. even doing the same thing. Absolutely, I think you gotta kind of balance those two and see kind of come in high and you can reduce over time. The question is, right? How are they going to hit a soft? Uh, excuse me, a hardware target of, you know, by September. And even if you launch a phone like let's say July around the security summit that BlackBerry's hosting in New York on July the nineteenth. It, it, it won't have any kind of impact by September. You know, two months is nothing. So yeah. they're basically saying priv uptake will continue to bring and drive profitability. And is that a pricing thing or is that a volume thing? Maybe by this earnings we'll actually get to see. But chat, like through that last interview that Chen had kind of I, last week we were talking about it, he did mention, because I think the interviewer asked them something, something about, well, you guys said that you were trying to do uh, 10 million units and then you brought it down to like 5 million units or whatever. And Chen mentioned, he's like, we were really able to cut a lot of the costs associated with the hardware. And he was trying to explain how they've made up those 3 million units or whatever that he just said they no longer need or whatever is going on. So I, I really wonder if they truly were able to cut whatever these costs were to make it say, you know, we need $5 million this year or 5 million units sold this year down to like 2 million or whatever they're saying now. Do you really think that they were able to cut costs that much, or is he just trying to bite more time to say, you know, to if 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 he does not hit that target, then they're going to get rid of the hardware division? Is this just an, kind of an excuse to try and extend the how long they're going to have hardware for, or do you think genuinely they were able to somehow cut down the costs from each 
phone or whatever. I didn't totally understand where he was saying the, the costs were being cut from, but... Um, yeah, it's interesting because to me, when I when I hear him make hear him make comments like that, it's all just a numbers game. It's built in directly yeah. into the numbers, and to me, it just sounds like he's shifting a bunch of numbers around to be able to go ahead and make up for it um, yeah. in the long run. And you know, when when you start breaking out the the information, that's where you actually find it. But BlackBerry has has you know even even people industry analysts are looking at it to be able to say like, okay, well. They moved this many units, but they the average selling cost was this much. But then they had a whole bunch of other businesses that they purchased and they moved money around and yeah. they acquired. And you know that's that's where it becomes problematic to be able to go ahead and pull out the actual device numbers and how much money they're making off of the devices and how much profit is being made. To so. I don't know, man. When I when I look at it all and I, I sit down and I think about it, it just really does sound like a really, really good numbers game that John Chen is playing at this point to be able to go ahead and say, okay, we only need, you know, five million units or three million units, and you know, I, I don't know how well that's going to work out, or if there's obviously anything that he's leaving out of those mathematical equations that could make it look worse. But it, to me, it's just it's a numbers game and. Hopefully he has uh, has the math all right when he when he yeah. actually gets around to it because it, if it's not so, it's so <laughs> interesting you know we know what the alternative is right people are yeah. clamoring for that alternative at this point I think it's funny that John Chen was able to make five hundred thousand in revenue come out of thin air yet we doubt his ability to turn around a business that has made money in the past you know it's just I think he's earned it at this point the time that he's asked for the year five hundred thousand. You mean 500 million, 500 yeah. million. Yeah, 500 million in the revenue across the, you know, the fiscal. Oh, with the software and everything. Yeah. Right, because he's really turned that business around from, and ultimately through like an M&A strategy and bringing on a lot more, you know, resources. I think there is a viability for them to really reduce cost. It's can they find manufacturing to meet at a price point where they can sell? And I think that's been their problem for a while. And make right? money. <laughs> and make money across the process. I don't think it's a numbers game so much as volume, but it's definitely going to be a cost-cutting, having a very lean production and distribution model and channel for all of this, and that's going to be a real testament to what BlackBerry is capable of. I think really and honestly they have more innovation in the hardware space to come. You know, I look at Aura. I look at some of the modular computing coming. I think phones with moving parts are going to be a big part of our future, and Priv is one of those, right? This is this is bringing back, I think, a piece of not only nostalgia, but also a piece of kind of an innovative look at the market that's going to be important for years to come. I think Aura, again, what, what they're doing there with the Google team is definitely interesting because it's a reinvention, so to speak, of where the smartphone is going. And I think BlackBerry still has some opportunities to innovate in that space to do things with physical keyboards and security and productivity that aren't necessarily even being done on Android or in hardware in general. Yeah. And you know, I see Thurber come in and you see some of his tweets and he seems amped. He seems excited. And I don't know if that's because he's about to take on a massive challenge or because you know he sees what BlackBerry has and he's actually genuinely excited. It's interesting. I was doing some research. Uh, a friend at BlackBerry sent me this really cool, you know, old school BBOS device, and I started like longing for these kind of like pseudo devices that were, you know, unreleased or this or that. And I came across—I don't know if you guys remember—it it was the the London leak, the BlackBerry London leak that 
came out on the Verge. It was the Z10 basically in this Porsche-esque type design with a yeah, kind of metal. First one. <laughs> yeah, and who knows if that was even a, a device or whether it was, you know, a screen on the model, you know? We, we don't really know. But I remember looking back at that device and reading some of the actual the rumor back at the time, and there was also rumors of a 3.5-inch slider-type device that they were working on way back then, right back in 2011, 2012. And you can imagine maybe that is a project that evolved into what the Priv is now, you know, as, as they continue to reinvestigate some of their form factors. So again, there's a lot of things BlackBerry could pull out of the hat and yeah. reinvent for Android. So for instance, the Moto Razor is supposedly making a comeback. Imagine if we got a BlackBerry flip phone again. Now, I'm, not <laughs> say, I'm not saying the style, because the style is a little bit weird, but there was other BlackBerry uh, flip phones as well, you know? And again, well, if you bring I've heard, in... I've heard of devices with flippable keyboards and everything else that have basically been stuck in Waterloo, you know, lab somewheres, you know. Basically, exactly. before the Prove even came out, there was rumors of... of having a device that could, you know, basically stand up by itself and flip around on the actual keyboard. You could flip the keyboard over and you automatically had pretty much like a full screen device at that point. So lots and lots of weird rumors and devices that were basically in the labs at Waterloo at one point. So it's not hard to say that they could go back and pull some of those back out. <laughs> With the massive, with the massive, you know, IP portfolio that we know BlackBerry has, one of the biggest in the industry. I mean, there's still a lot of room for them to maneuver. It's what kind of money are they going to put forth to actually bring these things to market? So, for instance, we know Google is putting a lot of money ahead for Aram to bring that to market. I think BlackBerry still has some opportunities to be in this marketplace. And and I question whether, you know, like Brandon did earlier, whether it needs to be in the hardware or, excuse me, the handset space. You know. I wonder if people really want to buy like a $700 Priv or whether they'd rather just buy a BlackBerry physical keyboard attachment, kind of like a typo, and kind of call it a day or have BlackBerry's experience software suite available and call it a day. I know Blaze was very happy with just having some of those core apps running on another Android, you know, and it's a pretty passable experience for most. So I think really for them right now, it's going to be determining what they can do at a good cost proposition. And maybe going to China is the answer. And I guess time will tell when these devices fully come about. I can't imagine if BlackBerry is going to do something like this, they're going to make it their own. I don't think they're going to slap a logo on an Idol 4 and call it a day. No. That's there, has to be some, there has to be some differential to my bag. Yeah. It's going to definitely be an interesting call. And it, it's also interesting because we're expecting two different devices, right? A mid-range all-touch and a mid-range keyboard. And there's the Idol 4 and the Idol 4S, a 5.2, a 5.5. One has a bigger battery. One has a bigger megapixel camera, et cetera, et cetera. So I wonder if those two models might be two different phones. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if anything, if anything that comes out of that rumor, I think that it would be more along the lines of they probably tested a device with the specs that are similar to the Idol 4, and they're going to go ahead and make an announcement of a partnership with TCL, who is ultimately the manufacturer of, you know, Alcatel devices, that seems more probable than anything else to me. Um, you know, and that's not exactly unheard of either, because you know, realistically, they built devices with Foxconn, they built devices with Withdrawn, so you know, a partnership to be able to go ahead and build hardware 
you know, from an organization coming out of China isn't unheard of. It's pretty standard for the course at this point to be able to go ahead and, and have Foxconn or whoever, or in this case TCL, go ahead and build a BlackBerry device. So. Yeah. J you know, James, you brought up uh, Project Aura a couple times, and something that I read not too long ago is it's limited in that you can't replace or upgrade the memory um, or the CPU, which I feel like those are the two main reasons someone would want a modular phone. So they can buy a phone, and it doesn't get outdated in a year. They can just pop in some new RAM and new CPU. So I feel like the yeah. phone race isn't really... I mean, it's it's going to do something, but it might be a gimmick just like the LG G5 with this hot swappable, like, you know, battery slash camera pack kind of thing. So That idea actually changed, too, because they went... Uh, basically, what they announced at Google I.O. was, you know, you can have these modules like the LG G5 to yeah. go ahead and add on. But again, the processor and all that stuff is still directly built in because they was found that for that legality was, reasons too. Yeah, probably, but I, you know, from from what we learned at Google I.O., they basically just decided that it was essentially too complicated to be able to go ahead and do that sort of thing. So yeah, I um, think the. I think that's something that would have to come in time, if at all. Yes. Some some of those things are a little bit difficult, right? And, and it's modular, with you know the quote unquote friends, whatever you want to call it. But I believe that it's an idea, that is something that's forward looking enough to be something that shapes the future of where we're going. Absolutely. Whereas, whereas, whereas iPhone really took existing technology and created an entire software platform that reinvented the smartphone. I think the next future is a hardware shift to phones that we build software for to do different things. You know, I, I really think it's going to be more of a hardware transition that brings us to the next mobile computer. You know, and BlackBerry can be a part. because so many people can't buy just the exact same phone with better specs each and every yeah. single year. There's you know, be someone's... something more interesting that pops out of this. Yeah, they've got aggressive, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why they made the decision they did, right? They want it in market within a year's time frame, you know, so that gives them two years to build on it from the point they're at. To, for them to go ahead and do that at that level and that scale, they have to kind of make the restrictions or else you're never going to hit that target. And it becomes very, very messy. Uh, you know, I, had, I was having a conversation about this before, and I was said. I would love like an LG G5, let's say, right, with, with the BlackBerry keyboard as an attachment at the bottom, right, something like that where I have the option of kind of going back and forth. And I would even like, you know, BlackBerry devices. You have two pieces here. Let me, you know, add on to kind of the mechanism that you have here. Just imagine you have a sliding system and you can add in more, right? I could add in a, a background speaker here or I could pull out a battery from here or there. It's, again... I think really what they wanted to do with Priv was get it to a place where it was just as thin as any other smartphone. And that's something R is going to have a hard time with as they kind of come out. It's going to be thicker for a lot of those modular reasons. Something that I think LG managed well to a degree, right? The phone is thin, but then the accessories are very bulky to a degree. And I think it's, again, going to be something that we see a lot more forward-looking. What do you guys think is going to be announced as this security summit on July 19th comes through over in New York? Are we going to see another acquisition? Are we going to see, you know, a more of a clarity around where the good integration and platform is going in terms of Bez? We've heard kind of rumors Bez 14 coming next year. Maybe we see some of the building blocks of that. Uh, or are we going to see maybe some talk of devices? It's kind of interesting, right? We see the timetables. We've heard July, late summer, early fall is what John Chen said in one of his last interviews. 
And that kind of falls right in line here, right? New York is a good place to do a quote-unquote launch event or at least put out a press release or two. What do you guys think? Is it going to be very, very focused on the security side of what BlackBerry does, or are they going to kind of venture out and maybe do some other press there as well? Uh, I think they're going to do other press because if um... – Although I can't remember the actual dates. I mean, they have uh, uh, David Kleidemacher has an event coming up where he's basically introducing, um, not introducing, because it was technically already introduced, but uh, DTSEC for the medical devices and all that stuff. So I think you're going to see a lot of that stuff um, be mentioned directly at the BlackBerry Security Summit. Um, you know, it, it basically, with with the security summit, I think you're going to see a lot, lot more of the ad hoc stuff uh, be announced or you know highlighted at least. Um, so you have the medical, you have DTechSec, which is uh, which covers the medical. You have ad hoc. I don't know. I I don't think you're going to specifically see anything directly towards you know like BlackBerry phones or anything like that. It's it's all what they're doing on the. Uh, on the IoT side, the medical side, uh, the ad hoc side, and you know that's pretty powerful for the course as well because we saw that with essentially the last one, the last BlackBerry Security Summit. It, it, let's be honest here: the BlackBerry Security Summit is not going to cover anything in which the majority of BlackBerry followers are genuinely going to be interested in, unless you're interested in security. Uh, the BlackBerry Security Summit is called the BlackBerry Security Summit for a reason, right? And that's, why, I mean, that's why Alex doesn't want to go, little bastard. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, just keeping it 100, that's going to be the case. Like, you know, if you weren't interested in the BlackBerry Security Summit last year and the IV pump hacks, then you're probably not going to be interested in it this year either. And, I would love for BlackBerry to make an acquisition that added a hardware level betterment to their hardware. Like to you know, buy a for instance, SecuSmart. They bought a smart chip that you could put in. I'd love to see a, a hardware then basically make an acquisition to make more money out of their hardware and do so from a security perspective, you know. Get me some more secure antennas. Get me, you know, so get me something that adds to the phone security. Buy a company for for fingerprint scanner that's like next gen, right? Something like that I think would be super cool of them to kind of go do. Because I want to see them obviously push these devices. I want the hardware business to stay open for two different reasons. I think one the perception, the, per the perceived value of having hardware adds to BlackBerry. I think a lot of times we see them on the software side where they have these solutions like Bez, but I think at the other side, there are probably customers that they have that could care less about their software and just want their hardware, you know, and will yeah. plug in wh whatever system they have already, you know, or mesh and blend it so that they've got multiple layers of these EMM solutions to kind of tie into what they're doing. So I think BlackBerry phones need to be here. I think John Chen's got to do the juggling of making that business make sense. But Blaze's input there is obviously invaluable. They're going to keep it security focused. But tossing some press releases out around the same time, showing off some hardware, might not be a bad thing for them to do. And I know maybe not in a public way. At the last security summit, they were definitely running around with, you know, I think it was passports back then because it was prior yeah, to passports. passports running Android. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and passports running Android. So I'm sure you know whether you're in the press or not. You may you know there's opportunities to see some of what's coming from BlackBerry because half 
of the employees will probably be on the latest that they've got over there. So we, you know, we talked a little bit about these mid-range before, but GFX actually put out some benchmarks of what this quote-unquote Hamburg were like. Were any of you guys surprised with what you saw? Or were you guys pretty on, you know, understanding of what came out? I was surprised that some of the megapixel counts for like front-facing camera, battery, and some of that other stuff. You know, I, I just don't want them to kind of undersell this thing and be like, it's an idol, but it's too expensive. You know. <laughs> I feel like that's one of the, the kickers with BlackBerry these days. How much is your security really worth on top of, you know, existing Android hardware that, you, that, that you could get for cheaper? The specs were pretty much on par with what I totally expected to be considered a mid-range device. I mean, when you talk about the, the megapixels of the camera and stuff like that, that doesn't, obviously that doesn't necessarily equate to it actually being good. Anybody can stick megapixels on there. It depends on the hardware it's actually used, right? So yeah, I don't know. It, it, like I said, it literally fell in line with what I expected. The, the thing that amused me the most was that people were complaining about the, the 10 gigabytes of storage space, and it's like, well, and, apps and the OS take up the other six, so <laughs> it's obviously a 16 gigabyte device, not 10 gigabytes. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think that's one of the big things that, because that jumps out too with the memory, it's like 2.8 gigabytes, so it's probably 3 gigabytes. Yeah, I don't know 3. The, the 200, <laughs> I don't know where the, the 200 megabytes the 3 is in use, right? <laughs> yeah, but it, it seems kind of strange that they list it like that rather than saying 3 gigabytes, 16 gigabytes of storage. And, I mean, even so, 10 gigabytes of leftover storage isn't a lot once you start installing a few apps. No, you know, no nobody, nobody should be buying a 16 gigabyte device at this point no. unless it has expandable storage. Like, if you buy an iPhone with 16 gigabytes, you're an idiot. Yeah. It's, it's uh, one of those... It, it's almost a smack in the face to go from a 2 megapixel camera on the high-end phone and then <laughs> go to an 8 megapixel camera on the mid-range or whatever. Yeah. It's almost a slap in the face, but as you said, you know, it's... Not a sliding pretty, mechanism. Right. It pretty much falls in line with the uh, with what we expected, right? I we suppose. were the 600 range of Snapdragon, and lo and behold, the benchmarks come in right about that. Yeah, I suppose there should also, you know, be that standard disclaimer that, you know, yeah, everything's subject to change. The specs, the specs are subject to change. No one knows even if these are actually real. So. Exactly. Interesting, nonetheless, in terms of discussion. Alex, I know that, uh, what was it, and that, that octo-core was getting you excited, right? Am I right? Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> you know, honest, anything that doesn't overheat, um, I'll be a fan of <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we're gonna get to your to your hot topic, Alex. Don't just. <laughs> I had to. I had to. <laughs> so, we're covering March fifteenth through to the twenty second. Is it May or March? I don't even know what month we're in, guys. It's May. I definitely mislabeled this upstream. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Two months ago. <laughs> we got some of those purported Hamburg specs. We got a little bit of the security summit coming. Let's talk about this analyst saying the company should get out of the hardware business. I personally have read a lot of Gus Papagiorgio stuff when he was back, I think, at Nova, Scotia, Correct me if I'm wrong out there, but previously he's been he's been covering the Blackbird Gambit for quite some time, and really was a voice in the in the community that I had a lot of respect for, and still obviously do. Very intelligent guy. I think he sees very practical things with BlackBerry, and quite honestly, 
he almost voices the frustration that a lot of investors have been having, right? And a lot of people <laughs> that look at BlackBerry have been having. And when you've covered a company for as long as he has, right, and that legacy, you kind of get so frustrated at a point. Like, you can't build them up anymore in your head. you got to sometimes got to see the, the page for what it is. And it seems like a lot of that was either... I didn't get a lot of the factual benefits behind his decision in the in what I've read. And the, the point is, you know, a lot of those research papers are done and accessible to, you know, people who obviously subscribe. Yeah, stuck behind paywalls and stuff. Right, right, paywalls and all that stuff. So you don't get to see the nitty-gritty of, of all of those thoughts. But in summation, it seemed like a pretty general frustration, you know, that, you know, this is dragging down the rest of the business. Just let the rest of the business, let the part that's actually growing grow unencumbered. Do you guys agree with that sentiment? We've talked about it a bit. Do you really think that hardware if it continues to kind of falter for BlackBerry, is something they need to cut off at this point? Do you think 2016 is the year to end BlackBerry hardware if it's not monetarily successful? No, I don't know about 2016. I mean, obviously, BlackBerry deals in fiscal years, so should be looking at fiscal 2017 <laughs> if we're, if we're going to be real here. But um, I don't know. It's like I said earlier. At some point in time, John Chen has to come to a crossroad where he's going to be like, do I continue with hardware or do I not continue with hardware? And, you know, we're, we're not at that point as of yet, at least according to Chen, so he's going to ride it out and see how it plays out. But when it comes down to, to what, uh, what Gus Papa Giorgio said, I'm like, can I just say that his name is absolutely fun to say? Yes. <laughs> I tried to... It's absolutely amazing to say. Yes. yes. Gus Papa Giorgio, okay? Okay, now that we got that out of the way. Gus has been around for years, and he's been on the side of BlackBerry, like, plenty of times. So, like, honestly, I don't yes. really like analysts. I, I really, I have never genuinely paid much attention to them. And I kind of really don't care what they say because that's just me. It's my personal preference. I'm like, so what? An analyst said some shit. Who cares? Right? You're an analyst. Congratulations. You get paid for looking at numbers. Um, but You get paid, paid to say shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get paid to talk shit. But when it comes to Gus Papa Giorgio, he's, he's been on the side. <laughs> Stop it, Alex. He's been on BlackBerry's side numerous amounts of times. If you go through and it's like, he believed in BlackBerry at one point in time. Like, he was very, very strong on BlackBerry's side, and now all of a sudden he's not on BlackBerry's side. So, obviously, he's seeing something that is causing him to go ahead and change his long-standing opinion of BlackBerry to a different opinion, which is not so beneficial to their, their um, situation, right? He's like, no, like, just don't bother with BlackBerry. Full, full disclosure, so. Gus is an avid BlackBerry 10 fan, and he is not happy with the move to Android. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, some, obviously something happened at some point in time for him to go ahead and change his opinion. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, why why give this analyst credibility over everyone else? And it's like, he's been at the game for a long period of time, and you know, I, I respect his opinion and what he said about it. I don't necessarily agree with it at this particular juncture, but, you know, that's one of those things. He, he obviously sees something that a lot of people, other, a lot of other analysts essentially are agreeing with, so, you know, it, it kind of has to be looked at and, you know, given the opportunity to go ahead and speak that, that point of view um, because of the situation that BlackBerry is in, right? So, 
I don't know. I, I again, I don't necessarily agree with it at this point in time, but I do believe that that point in time is coming where John Chen is essentially going to have to go ahead and make a solution as to whether or not he wants to maintain the hardware business or just bail on it and get out. I remember, I remember reading an, a piece from him back in Q1 of, it was like fiscal, I think it was fiscal 2012, basically right as BlackBerry 10 had just launched. Uh, the, he did a piece, and basically in, the, in his write-up, I was able to see him peek at, someone had paid for like the full PDF, and I was combing through it, and basically he says, you know, BBM will go cross-platform, BlackBerry will focus on software services. And this is back when, you know, BB10 was first just rolling out. And then, lo and behold, a lot of the things that this analyst was able to predict did come true in, in the longer term. So I, I, like Blaze, definitely had a lot of respect and, you know, obviously still do for the man's opinion because he's been with following kind of the BlackBerry legacy for so long. I, like Blaze, feel that, you know, the time is coming for sure. And I think Priv is almost a mark for that, I don't want to say a transition, but it's almost like they're casting out a net with the priv, and, and whatever priv catches is really going to determine kind of where we go from here. Brandon, we know which side you stand on. You and Gus must be like soulmates or something, right? You guys are all on the same fence here, definitely. Yeah. It, it, where would you go if BlackBerry didn't make hardware whatsoever? Would you go to Android or would you go to iOS? Oh, um, like I've mentioned before, it really depends on like... <laughs> Where I am at that point in time, I mean, there is something to be said about the um, usability and simplicity of iOS. Um, I would most likely probably go to Android just because I like more of the customized, customizable options. But, I mean, it's really up in the air there, right? Uh, <clears throat> I mean... What kind of phone does your significant other use, an Android? Uh, yeah, an Android. But so you don't have you don't have any iMessage obligations, then that's good. No, exactly. <laughs> I know guys are like, man, I gotta upgrade my iPhone for my girl. And I'm like, get out of here! I can't talk to you right now. Yeah, like Android devices. I, <clears throat> whenever I've met somebody with an Android device, it's never been like super smooth. It's always been kind of jittery and and kind of all over the place. Like it's good, like for the first week they have it, and then after two weeks, it's already starting to kind of lag and stuff. Whereas when you look at people with iPhones, I mean, whether it's the animations or not, it seems fluid and everything. Well, so, I mean, there's always... I, iOS doesn't really uh, have animations compared to Android. Okay. Well, like when you send a message, iOS will do an animation saying that you sent a message, hmm. but it doesn't actually send the message until that process in the background is done, I believe. Yeah. Right? yeah Things so, like that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like from the front end, it seems quicker than maybe it really is. Whereas yeah, exactly. if Android, if it does it the way that it, it is actually doing it, uh, it yeah. feels slow. the last time you saw an iOS device, Alex? <laughs> no, they have something. They, they, have, they, do it, they have animations, but like Android, they have animations for everything. That's like one thing that, that iOS just doesn't <laughs> that's do. That's the much. first thing I turned off when I got my Brave. I was like, off. <laughs> I sped it up by 50%, but I still like them. I like like pressing it and just it being there with no like yeah. I don't I need a little bit of movement. Come yeah. on. It makes the active frame seem more active when they're just like boom 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 as opposed to like click and wait and die a little bit inside and then it loads. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, I'm on Blackberry 10 guys. Suck us. 
I remember when I threw my priv, I didn't realize how much I would mean that later on. <laughs> that might have been a dummy model. Probably. Probably was. <laughs> so we had this, uh, this analyst input. Let's talk a little bit about BlackBerry's buy, the BlackBerry integrity detection for developers. This is kind of an interesting piece, especially because we don't hear a lot from BlackBerry on the developer side of their business. I thought this was a pretty interesting piece of news. BlackBerry buy essentially is... Uh, a service that you can build into as a developer to add further security layers to your application. And it's really interesting kind of how it all works together as they're introducing this strictly for BlackBerry Priv owners. It's kind of an interesting idea. It's almost like a personal security guard for your smartphone. So it's almost like a background process that's continually che checking up on things, kind of like a, a watchdog is. And, uh, kind of interesting, you know, keeping you from these exploits, especially some of those that may or may not be addressable. And I I want to kind of pick you guys' brain as to why you guys think the Bide framework even exists on this BlackBerry Priv device. I mean, they're obviously targeting it to some of these developers, and it's available with the Android 6 Marshmallow update, but it's also kind of working to provide data to DTEK as well, so you can kind of get an overall status of things at a glance. Anyone want to take any guesses as to why the BIDE framework kind of exists? Why even more security is kind of necessary on these devices? Because they need to be able to say that they have further increased Android security rather than just randomly saying it. I mean, that's one of the things that they effectively brought to Android was increased security, so... Outside of the, the regular update schedule and some of the other improvements that they've made at the kernel level, Byte is one of those things that further enhances the Android security level. And you know, once this is actually out there, I find it really interesting that there's only like 43 comments about this on Crackberry, and like some random article will get like 190 comments or something like that. But something we'll that post, is really we'll post the BBM channels render of like nothing that's ever going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and you get like a thousand comments, right? But something that is actually beneficial to the community and you know Android OS as as a whole is just largely overlooked. Um, but anyways, that's aside from the fact of me just being bitter and hateful. Um, <laughs> But, you know, it's like they, this is one of the things that they've added to, uh, you know, Priv and Android overall to be able to go ahead and further enhance security. People are always asking, well, why should I buy BlackBerry security, uh, BlackBerry Android over any other Android? Well, this is one of the reasons why, because they've gone ahead, they've gone into the deeper level of Android to be able to go ahead and create buy to to essentially help with the additional security layers that are, are not necessarily directly built into any other Android device. The fact that they've, they've now taken it and, and have essentially given it to the developer community to work on, you know, that, that, that stands as something huge and beneficial that other people can essentially go ahead and build directly into their devices, right? So why not use it? And, you know, that, that's pretty much why I think it exists. It, it adds directly to the Android ecosystem. BlackBerry isn't just, you know, leeching off of the Android ecosystem. They're actually bringing stuff to it, such as Vive, and it helps them in the long run to be able to go ahead and, and say, like, look, these are the additional things that we brought to Android. This is the one of the security layers that we brought to Android. We're not just we're not just another Android OEM 
who's building devices without actually, you know, improving upon them. Absolutely. And I think as well, as you kind of said, having that extra security layer is good for them just, just from a, as a talk point, right, to say, here are the three things we've done to better, you know, Android security or security on our Android devices. But as well, it really helps them position the Android OS that they're offering in conjunction with other partners. So, for instance, I could build an application that runs off of BlackBerry Bide to create an entirely new type of app as well. You know, it, I don't necessarily have to just plug it into an existing app. I could use the foundation to build a new kind of service using Bide as kind of that underlying library to, to really do some of the talking. And as well, you got to think, you know, a monthly security patch is telling you things that are have already been exploited. So if that exploit hasn't been patched yet and it's affecting your device and your apps are vulnerable, you can already be experiencing some of those issues. So Byte allows them to more quickly and swiftly kind of block out exploits without having to necessarily wait for Google to publish what those ex you know what the issues were and then have OEMs then drag their feet and actually going out and patching them. And we know BlackBerry's been great at updating, but Byte gets them even more agile in that space so that they can continue to keep Priv as secure as possibly can possibly be. So I, I imagine this, guys. Imagine if BlackBerry were able to get their their version of Android into a place where it could be licensed to other OEMs, having these unique services like DTEC, the hardware typing, all you know, root of trust and BlackBerry Bide, all builds on the value proposition of what their version of secure Android is. Maybe it's a, a an OEM who builds tablets for the military that wants a secure version of Android or, or whatever the case may be, right? And they don't want to use some kind of container technology. BlackBerry now has a solution that they could potentially license, and that's a broad kind of play there too, right? Where they could license their version of Android to a couple different verticals, you know, that they don't necessarily want to play in themselves. So things like BlackBerry Byte are definitely cool. I'm interested to see, you know, once this is out there, what enterprise developers are going to do to kind of take it to the next level. Because a lot of the stuff BlackBerry puts out are great resources, but the community then goes and, and kind of has a field day with it. So it's really cool that this stuff's coming out. Um, do we need to talk about the Colbert emoji? Like, is this something that we have to talk about? I'm, I'm, I'm reading the news, I'm just like, why? I think Alex really wants to talk about it. <laughs> well, maybe explain what the Colbert emoji is. Here, let's all just do our best impression. Ready? I'll go first. <laughs> you realize half of... Brian's doing the best impression right now, by the way. Two, <laughs> only two of us have our cameras on, so when you say all of us, like, I can ah. see both plays there, like, behind the camera doing it. <laughs> you can turn it on real quick. Uh, no, I, I think it's kind of... Uh, pointless, uh, seeing specifically <laughs> that it's, it's only a BBM emoji, and it's actually... So I sent the emoji over to James, because I'm, I'm on the Priv. It's what and, we've had for a while. They just mapped it over to... Well, yeah, they just took an existing emoji, and they just changed how it looked, which is... I mean, that's the weird thing about this isn't going through the Unicode standard. This is just a BBM emoji, and it's really nothing to even talk about, but Blackberry... Why did they even... Why did they, I don't even understand why they announced anything about it. It just seems so, I don't know. It's so bizarre. I don't quite understand myself either. But Colbert's awesome. VBM's awesome. Uh -huh. I, I maybe, maybe that was the general pull, right? Uh -huh. 
it's there. It's on Android. You didn't have to do an update. It just kind of magically appeared. Check it so out. Use it. Download BBM so you can use that emoji. What is it? What is it if you're not on Android? Uh, one second. It's, I will yeah, show we'll, you. We'll, we'll send it to you. Basically, the one yeah. that has the eyebrow like this. I don't it's know. Kind of like how this is not gonna. This is not gonna go over very well. But hold on a second. <laughs> what are you doing? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. This is not. This is not working. Okay, I lied. No, wait, 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 wait. I'm an idiot. I can zoom in on my phone. Um, Still can't see. No, yeah, yeah. Brian is rolling his eyes at you. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's... He's like Alex, man. Just... <laughs> I tried. I tried. Whatever. Yay, you get an A plus for everything. Essentially, it, happen, it, it happens once a week. It's like a snark. Okay, p pretend that you're being like snarky or like a kind of a smartass or something. That's like pretend you're the rock, dude, and you're just like. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Whereas this one is more like, like what did you just say? Like what? It's imagine it's like a different. Imagine you're, you're Colbert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I did a uh, interesting post. I want to give some, some credits over to those people who made it happen. I did a post on get it back Facebook for BlackBerry 10. I know, I, I'm sure our BBM group is so pissed that I've been posting so much about Facebook. <laughs> but it, like, it irks me to no degree that the Facebook app was like, is still working for BlackBerry 10 devices. And I've seen some minute instances where the app is forcing you to log out, but I've gotten that experience on one of my devices. I literally just reinstalled the same version of the bar file and it magically worked again, no issues. So uh, I, I don't know why BlackBerry preemptively went out and said, hey, March 31st, the Facebook app is getting shut down. I don't know if they were told that by Facebook or they themselves wanted to kind of EOL the, the service as its own, but it is still working as of right now. So you can go sideload it and see if it still works. And again, knock, knock, disclaimer, disclaimer. Let's just disclaim this whole podcast at this point. But <laughs> it, 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 it may stop working at any moment. We don't know. But I even loaded up my BlackBerry OS device running BlackBerry 6, and the Facebook app still works there too. So I don't know. Maybe Facebook's just neglecting those APIs, not shutting them down. I think one of the main pushes that Facebook had with its partners was removing the messaging capability in a lot of these applications because they want messages to stand more robust that ties you into more of those Facebook-type features. The fact that BBOS and BlackBerry 10 have those apps built by BlackBerry uh, and messaging is built right in may be kind of against where Facebook is going in terms of their applications. So potentially that's what was put on board and that's why BlackBerry made the changes to push people toward a browser-based version. If you can't sideload, you don't have a computer, you, you can't figure out drag and drop through uh, <laughs> the, the Playbook app manager, uh, you can also try some alternatives. They are the Facebook for Android, an older version, and Messenger, also an older version, both certified work on BlackBerry 10 as of today. So go check those out. All the content is sourced from BlackBerry forums. <laughs> and that's the funny thing. Like, if someone comments, like, I'm just buying an S7, I can't do this. And I'm like, all right, have fun. Like, what do you want me to tell you? <laughs> If it's not good enough for you, it's not good enough for you. It, it, there's so many alternatives. There's Face 10, which is a native Facebook app, which is pretty good. There's Facebook, which I think is even better. It's the browser web-viewed into an app, which is what I wish BlackBerry did do if they were going to push us to a 
That's a web-based I'm, us- version, I'm using yeah. that on Android right now. Like I uninstalled Facebook and I'm just using a web wrapper that works really well. Yeah, and it works because it has both in one, you know? You have Messenger and Facebook all in one service, one place, which is the best part. Yeah. You don't have to download Messenger as a separate app and all that. So there's tons of alternatives out there. I just don't want people complaining to me anymore about Facebook. Please don't. Don't don't BBM me about it. Don't comment on my website about it. Just Fine, James. What about Snapchat, bro? <laughs> all right. I, I'm, you're on your own there, right? Go back in our archives. There's a there's a post about it. It does the post doesn't isn't valid anymore, but go go view it. Get me the click. Um, it gets yeah, so many. You know, there's, there's a, it does. It's our highest growth. It's on like on every on every BlackBerry site. They have one face Snapchat post, and that Snapchat post does better than all other posts. Yeah, yeah. Our Snapchat post why. gets more traffic than pretty much. There is only one other higher ranking article, and. The other higher ranking article is like how to how to basically fix your nuked BlackBerry Bold 9900. There's Which, a, for a while it the Snapchat one was actually outranking that one. So. I mean, I think it's kind of funny how like a lot of people they look at Snapchat and they just kind of like joke about it. Like, really, you're gonna buy a phone because of Snapchat? But the fact that like that's the only reason my phone stays charged. That's, that is that's, the only that's reason. Most of the the views on Berry Flow, like, are from that Snapchat article. Yeah. <laughs> like crack. Like it's it's. I don't know. Data doesn't lie. At the end of the day, so people, you might say it, you might laugh about it, but at the end of the day, you're you're over there looking how to install it. There's there's tons of Indonesians that are young and ready to snap. Checking out Berry Flow, like, how do I get the goods? And I have nothing to give them because BlackBerry and Snapchat were like, no, nah, not going to happen. I don't know who Nemory is, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Uh, it's funny, but, you know, so many people I think are going to benefit from the realization that they can go back to the old Facebook app. They don't have to stay with the browser. What pisses me off so much is you hit the Facebook icon, it launches the native app, the native app crashes, and then launches the browser. <laughs> <laughs> why did you not just make it a web shortcut? Like literally, it's like, why do you have to do two two active frames to give me one service? It's it's yeah. a mess. It really is. Uh, you guys on Priv are laughing at me right now, but uh, there's just so many alternatives out there. Check BlackBerry World. Uh, check out what you got going on in your devices. I want to transition to some of our patron questions. Um, our patrons are kind of the lifeblood of the show. They're the main reason we keep on keeping on 100 episodes. It's really a congratulations to you guys. You made it happen. We're happy to oblige toward that end. Again, we are working right now to try to transition our MP3s and all of our goodies over to SoundCloud. So bear with us as we go through that transition. We're trying to take it off of Berry Flow so that if I stop paying the bill on Berry Flow, you guys still have a, pod- <laughs> still have a podcast to listen to. So uh, we are working on that. And again, your funds and things like that go toward you know paying those yearly fees for that type of service and hosting. So upstream, number 100. Let's check out some of the comments we had. A lot of them were just kind of congratulations but we had a, some interesting kind of comments left on the piece that I wanted to bring up with you guys. So one of our patrons asks, beside the BlackBerry keyboard being one of the upcoming selling points for the Rome handset, what else do you think BlackBerry should focus on adding to the phone in terms of features? So this could be software or hardware features. Alex, anything... I mean, in a perfect world, it has great specs on the inside, but is there any feature specific that you would like to see? Maybe it's 
a better productivity edge. Maybe it's a new piece of hardware. Anything at all that you'd like that you think would elevate a BlackBerry device. And I'll, I'll pass that question around, even for you, Brandon. I'd say do more or do better speakers, not this one speaker BS that you tried with the Priv. Um, I would like USB-C. That would be kind of cool. And then fingerprint reader and just better specs. That's kind of that would, that's, that's really. I mean, it's got to have a keyboard, obviously. And thank you, that's, Alex, for for taking all of our answers. That's that's <laughs> pretty it. much. Alex, phones are pretty much the same. Like, I mean, phones have really gotten boring. Kind of. There's not really much to say anymore. Like, this is that's that's what everything is right now. It's just repeating that's what's why, kind of out. That's why the I ran, is so high. <laughs> I ran into uh, a phone with a USB-C for my friend has a uh, OnePlus. Too, and it has a USB-C port, like the one that you can put in either way. That's pretty cool. But I mean, <clears throat> it's one of those chicken and the egg type of situations where it's like, at first it's going to be really inconvenient because nobody has those, those, uh, what's it called? Those cables. Cables. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but later on it'll be more convenient, right? So. It, it'll be a wire after a while. Mm -hmm. But at least it's universal. I, I guess like iOS has kind of created their own universe, universality. Can't think of a word for it. Yeah, uh, everyone has yeah. like an iPhone user. Like I remember, I remember back in the day where if you had an iPhone, you wouldn't hung out with friends, and you're like, shoot, my phone's dying. Do you have a charger? No one would have a charger. But like, like now, bro, can't help you. Yeah, now everyone has a charger for a Girl, iPhone. how are you going to Snapchat right now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Blaze, anything for you? I think Alex covered most of it, man. Alex it. pretty much covered it, but I'm, I'm still kind of like hung up on the um, the productivity itch because I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of potential that you know could have came from that but really didn't because of the fact that they just didn't put too much effort into it outside of their own apps. Like, even, yes. I don't know, argue, arguably Samsung has has a better system when it comes to, like, their productivity edge sort of thing because of the fact that you can adjust some of the apps and so on and so forth. And apparently Samsung is going to continue, you know, improving uh, upon that to create sort of like a BlackBerry Hub-like system as, we, yeah. as we've all read the rumors. So, you know, why not? You, you already have the foundation for it. Go ahead and put some effort into essentially improving it. But then at the same time, it, it becomes like a selling point. Like, is a Hamburg, which obviously isn't going to have that sort of capacity to be able to go ahead and, and add a product. Well, it could, I guess, but, you know... Where do you draw the line with the productivity edge? Like, do you offer it on all of your phones, or do you only offer it on like the ones with the curved displays or whatever? And I mean, if you got a hub running on it, I would put it there, you know, because it's just pulling yeah. up data anyway. You know, it's yeah, tough, but, right? It's and that's that's the other thing. It's like I want I want more out of it. If you're going to introduce it, then why not just give us more? So. Yeah. I think you bring up a good point with that because that's that was one of my biggest quirks. I totally stopped using BlackBerry Tasks because, A, it doesn't sync anywhere. So if you format your phone, you lose, lose all of the tasks that you made and stuff. It's really annoying. So I'm using Keep for everything. So, like, BlackBerry, if you're on Android, you know that people are going to be using some other apps that aren't yours. If you integrate that, 
then I'll use it. So like the hub's great, having access to the contacts great, but then you have like tasks and That's I don't. Such use a it. a good idea, Alex. Like, what if BlackBerry just created software to integrate better Google yeah. software? I mean, know, the, the hub, their, the, the hub kind of does that. Like that is kind of what the hub does. It integrates a bunch of Android Google apps. We had some comments here in our because I'm I'm chock full of ideas. Just kidding. Uh, of what to do? I didn't even use the privilege. Let me tell you, uh, I, Anthony brings up a good keep refining the hub and hub integration. I think that's a good point. Andy mentions the priv needs instant reply notifications. Totally agree. Is that something that comes on Marshmallow or? Wait a minute. Okay. You can. Okay. <clears throat> it comes on loud. Oh my god. No, 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 no. It, it, I got it comes... messages about this from Alex. Sorry, it comes on Android N. Um, if any of you right now would like exactly that, so essentially someone made an app that mirrors kind of how Android N will function, and it's called Quick Reply. So say, for instance, you get a message, and you just pull down from the top, there's a Quick Reply button. You can tap it, and then you can just Quick Reply right there and send it. So just like BlackBerry 10 has it. So essentially, like BlackBerry OS has. Yeah. Sad. But I mean, that's that's the that's the annoyance of going with Android. Like, they didn't build it in because they're like, well, developers will make it for us. Well, when you have developers doing a bunch of crappy solutions, finally with Android on, they're like, okay, we should probably bring this internal because this is important and no one did it very well. So if you do want it though, get Quick Reply. You can. I get the I absolutely love it on my BlackBerry 10. I really do. I like it in in the hub as well, where I don't have to actually enter a message to then enter the text box. I can just hit the little quick reply in hub next to the triage. Love that. So yeah. total, totally agree with you there, Andy. Something I think maybe I'd like is... No, I can't think of anything. Just go back, yeah. to, just go back to BlackBerry 10. <laughs> we got another question here from one of our... Actually, really a comment. We have a 100 episodes of Pretty Amazing Achievement. Well done, you guys, for waving the BlackBerry flag so long and, of course, keeping the podcast interesting and relevant over the course of nearly two years. Mike, you're going to make me cry a little bit. Mike says, I reckon Papa Giorgio's dead wrong. <laughs> Whilst the investors probably wouldn't want it, I believe that BlackBerry could run their hardware division at a loss if it meant they could still provide the end-to-end services and would help with the general perception that they're still phone manufacturers. So that's his take on that piece of news. And Mike, I, I kind of tend to agree with you there. That's where that Nick mentioned, saving face comes in. Right. It's just, you know... Keep your head above water, smile, and look pretty. Do what you got to do. <laughs> Stay in business. Nick he, Nick is one of our patrons as well. He mentions, will Samsung be able to better replicate the BlackBerry hub on BB10, or does Android, the operating system, make it rather impossible? And Nick, I, I, I think Samsung will be able to better integrate their app into their existing apps because they've got a bigger software team, more money, etc., etc. But I think it's going to be very hard for them to match what BlackBerry 10 has created, mainly because of Android. I think really Android is the obstacle for making a true, true BB hub that works, you know, exactly like the BlackBerry 10 one does. Because basically, you're always running that app. Uh, Blaze, would you agree? I think I don't think replicating. I think they can make a better replication of BlackBerry's Android hub potentially, but I don't think they can make a better BlackBerry hub than BB10 just because the OS. I think it's just really the difference between how yeah, I think the, the limitations come from the OS itself, not any one built application or anything like that. I mean, obviously, if BlackBerry could go ahead and replicate, you know, the BlackBerry 10 hub to the maximum amount on Android, then they're they're going to do that. But 
as we know from what we see on the proof, they can't they can't replicate it one hundred and ten percent, which is you know unfortunate. Still a good solution for Samsung. Unfortunate for BlackBerry. Yeah, <laughs> you know it is a pretty good solution. The only thing that scares me, Brandon, I don't know why you're still here, man. I know you gotta go. <laughs> The only thing that scares me like, I'm already gone. is that they'll probably integrate a little has... bit more. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Bye, Brandon. Continued. <laughs> go, go, go back to that. <laughs> Blaze is saying something super interesting. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Oh, both the Samsung. No. Yeah, I think Samsung, if, if, if the information is correct, I think Samsung has the ability to go ahead. <laughs> Excuse me. And build a. <laughs> I'm just dying. It's okay, guys. It's killing me. <laughs> I think Samsung has the ability to be able to go ahead and, and you know directly build a little bit more, um, um, deeper integration into like the Android system itself, like James was saying, because of the fact that like it's Samsung. You know, they have that Android cloud already. Yeah. Uh, but the other the other interesting thing about that is that I don't know. I kind of like see see an interesting world where Samsung, if Samsung was to be able to go ahead and build the system, let's say say they did do it, um, and they started integrating this hub like thing. There's nothing nothing that really says that you know BlackBerry couldn't implement these things. Let's say let's say for example Samsung gets like 50 different app partners to be able to go ahead and sign on to their their hub solution. Well, there's nothing really saying that it, it wouldn't also be beneficial to BlackBerry to be able to go ahead and sort of tap into their, that system as well. Because if the Android developers are already putting it within their applications, then, you know, chances are BlackBerry could tap into that as well. Yeah, it would probably be seen as like a copying solution or something along those lines, but if it's there within the apps, you know what I mean? You're you're not really copying anything. You're sort of just taking advantage of what is built directly into the apps. Absolutely. But again, we don't we don't know if that's going to be the scenario. Like, for I all think we know, it's going to create kind of a, hub rumors and junk. It's going to make some kind of uh, some contention in the marketplace too, right? It's going to push BlackBerry to innovate and continue building on theirs as well. So either way, yeah, I think it's exactly. competition, which is always a good thing. Uh, I kind of hope they do it simply because of that. Like I want, I want somebody to challenge BlackBerry. <laughs> Cluely is shaking his head like, no! <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm saying gonna... that. <laughs> right now, Jay Bravo says, congratulations on your 100th episode, Berry Flow and Company. Would have loved to join. Got to work. Pay the bills, man. I guess we're one of his bills, too, because he's a patron. So definitely <laughs> go to work, <laughs> Keep up the awesome work. We always appreciate that. Jeff here mentions, great job reaching 100, great BB content. Crackberry, he mentions the number of podcasts you guys got to on your version. Analysts' BB handset statement, isn't Shen handset agnostic? If handsets provide no value to the enterprise software and services, he would have discontinued them already. That's a pretty interesting point. I know that if, if it was already, if it wasn't, if there was no value whatsoever, it would have already been cut. And I wouldn't put that past Chen. He seems pretty diligent to that end. Um, question about the Hamburg rumor. Would relabeling another manufacturer's handset make it easier to break even, most likely more expensive due to BB adding their own security and enhancements? And again, he brings up a fair point. I mean, what makes the priv quote-unquote secure is that hardware root of trust, the fact that they have their silicone 
in the chip. They've got their cryptographic keys. So, you know, to say that, you know, borrowing the idols hardware makes it easier is not necessarily true, right? They still have to go in and add that Blackberry juice to really make it a special Yeah, device. but that, that juice is added at the manufacturer, so there's no difference between, like, who builds it or anything like that. You know, the cost is still going to be the same depending on... That- point though like seriously blackberry you should just sell or license that then because that's i feel like it's a bit screwed up if if you're just buying a repackaged phone that says blackberry now and it has i don't know i i'm kind of against that but if it were i don't think it would be like that either i think they're gonna take the guts use it as a reference platform just like they use the priv on you know what was a well-known kind of software hardware setup with the sock of yeah. the 808 and the 3 gigs of RAM. I mean, it was proved, tried, true, tested, and they just built upon it. And they'll use it as a reference. I don't think we're going to see and That's what idle. I think is happening, too. Right. And I think it's a very easy comparison for us to understand and for consumers and those following the news to understand it. But I, I think it's going to be a little different. And again, the hardware differentiator there is that BlackBerry still has their own iconic style, right? Their delineation some of the things they focus on. So I think it's still going to be a pretty uh, BlackBerry device, just like Priv is, right? They still has the BlackBerry logo and all that on it, even though it could basically be a Samsung for all we know, you know? <laughs> Jeff also says, Crackberry has a popular discussion. Use of a 9900 for a weekend. Got mine out and used it for a few days. Missed the keyboard. Do our hosts still have theirs? And then he says, I think KM went classic OS for a few uh, days or a weekend a while back. Please, do you have any of your BBOS devices, specifically a 9900? I do. I do still have a 9900 in the cupboard, which is, like, pretty much in pristine condition and never actually used because I think it was... I think that particular one was one that I got from Rogers as a replacement, but I called Rogers and got a replacement before the warranty was up, but then I switched to a different device. So the one that's in the cupboard was never actually used, so it's like pretty much brand new. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I have one as well. It's actually charged, and I wasn't using it, I promise. I was using that battery and another BlackBerry device that it really didn't work with, but I made it work anyway. Um, So sounds like a bomb. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just wanted to to see if it worked, to be quite honest. Did it? Uh, It did for a little bit, but... Again, oh, God. it was like the difference between an LS1 and a JS1, and I made it work oh, <laughs> with, some, with some spacers. But, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty sketchy. But, yeah, my, my 9900 is up. It's working. Um, I would never go back to it. I, would, yeah, I can't imagine. I could go back to, like, a Dev C. Yeah, that's essentially – I, I got rid of my 9900 when I got the Dev C because it's, like, at that point – Right. I don't really use BlackBerry 10. It's, it's, it's crazy because there's some good stuff on BBOS. There's a native Spotify app. There's a native CrackBerry app. There's there's so many good apps. that There's a native Pandora app. I mean, there's a lot of decent apps there. Social feeds still works really, really well. I was testing that out. It's awesome that you can have Facebook, BBM, and Twitter all in one app, especially if you use those three services pretty pretty readily. It's awesome. And then putting in RSS feeds in there as well, all in one place. It was pretty cool. Social feeds, their podcast app is also very oh, good. Yeah. The BlackBerry News. Um, BBOS is still pretty rocking. I could get a little I game. I would love to see the statistics of, like, the actual statistics. Obviously, we don't have any 
any genuine way to be able to go ahead and pull that information. But I'd love to see how many people are actually still using like BlackBerry Seven devices. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an integer of uh, higher than BlackBerry Ten. <laughs> you just take, <laughs> put a multiplier and you'll get your number. And, you know, in I would. I don't think I could go back to BBOS mainly for the services, right? Those Android apps or those Android services that I use and utilize on BlackBerry 10. Someone asked me the other day, what's the difference between this uh, BlackBerry 10 pointing to my passport and the older Blackberries? And I said, uh, every, there's so much that's different, right? And I said, really? I was yeah. like, it's just, it's just more modern. That was my, my conclusion. Like, that's me dumbing it down for you. It's a more modern experience. It just has all the the popular apps and the popular services, and but even You're not still, waiting you know, ten years for the browser to load. <laughs> it, it's funny because yeah. uh, I I loaded BerryFlow on the BBOS on the Priv and on the Passport, and the Passport took the longest to load it. <laughs> the BBOS was like, "Bam, I got it for you." I'm like, "Whatever." This is the only web page you're ever gonna load. Ever. They compressed it and everything. That was a big problem with with legacy as well. They would compress websites, which wasn't well, a good thing at certain times. Arguably a problem and an improvement. So. Right. Yeah. That one website will access very well, but if I go to any other pages, it's going to take yeah. me like five minutes. A solid. Yeah. Rolando here says, congratulations, gentlemen. I'm working. We'll have to sneak in a, a listen on this. And we really appreciate our patron questions. I want to give a special shout-out to one of our new patrons, Lee. Lee, actually, uh, we were talking earlier on BBM and making uh, some pretty good discussion, and this may be a little bit uh, foreign for you guys on Android now, but we were talking about uh, BlackBerry 10 and how the developer support has just not stopped. The developers keep going. Uh, the comment was, I just noticed there seems to be a great deal of energy for developing BB10 apps in the last little while. Am I imagining this? I have downloaded two to three apps lately that my wife and friends really like, and I have to tell them uh, that they can't get them on their Samsung or iPhone. This seems to be uh, from longtime BB10 developers. So I asked, I was like, I was curious, well, what apps are you talking about? Because I'm kind of new on BlackBerry 10 these days, right? I've only been on it maybe three weeks, maybe maybe a month. And she, 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 uh, he mentioned Ripple. You guys have checked out Ripple. Crackberry did a post on it. We talked about it a little bit. Uh, Ambient Details, which is done by Sven. Awesome app. I think it's a really, really cool app. You can go get it for a dollar. Ambient Details basically allows you to use your GPS to go ahead and find Wikipedia details based off your geolocation, which is pretty cool. So instead of actually going somewhere and searching for where you are, the phone can naturally tell you where you are and give you that context-based information. That tied into like an augmented reality type experience would be cool, right? You could hold it up to a monument and just get the meta information. So Ambient Details is pretty cool. And as well mentioned RSS Multifeeder, which is like a super RSS feeder app. And again, a lot of these are being done by long-standing BlackBerry 10 developers. Same developer who did Play Store, uh, Roger LeBlanc, also did uh, one app, which is a really cool way to hand your phone off to someone else. 
and actually keep the device locked on one app so they're not running around through your hub, through your text messages. That's something I've always kind of feared on BlackBerry 10, right? You hand someone something to look at an email, and then they end up, you know, looking at those pictures Alex sent me. They end up swiping through your pictures. Right, and then (laughs) Alex's nudies are out there for everyone to see, and we don't don't want that, so... (laughs) Alex is like, man... We'll test the audience on that. Do a little (laughs) study here. Let's not. (laughs) Let's not. Yes, Andy, social feeds was awesome. Yes. I remember Uh, switching to BlackBerry 10. That was like the one major thing I was sad about. There was no replacement for social feeds. Because every morning I remember waking up, checking social feeds. There was Crackberry in there. there Because it had everything. Yeah. It had everything, man. It was definitely a great application. And why those little things never made it over to BlackBerry 10 beats the heck out of me. FM radio, again, something that I really liked about those BBOS devices. But specific to the apps, right, developers have continued to just keep BlackBerry 10 going, keeping it alive and invigorated with new services, and I really commend them. I hope they continue to do so. I wish BlackBerry gave them more. (laughs) Why is Alex sending you news? That's a great question, Jeremy. I can't answer that (laughs) on air, but I will answer it. I'll send you a BBM. I wish BlackBerry uh, would BlackBerry World. Because, yeah. yeah, there is a lot of great apps that do filter into BlackBerry World, but they get flooded out by the 10 bazillion freaking map apps that nobody gives a damn about. I will say, let's so, let's be honest. Let's be honest here. And, and Lee and I were talking about this earlier. BlackBerry's done a much better job lately of promoting both the developers of those apps on their inside BlackBerry blogs and also true. in BlackBerry World. If you look, like, they've done a great curated list of... You know how they used to do, like, the employee top picks? Well, now there's, like productivity or, for instance, something really cool that happened was I hooked up my car to my BlackBerry 10 device and you guys saw the pictures of my lock screen with the Volkswagen logo and all the capabilities that I had when it was connected. What also happened was in BlackBerry world on the left-hand side over here... You have your car-enabled apps. Right, I have my driving apps. So the BlackBerry world was able to actually specify that I had you know, special applications now available, and it gave me a curated list of driving apps. So Waze is in here and a bunch of other ones that are pretty cool. Track my car. You set a geo pin for your, for your car, and when you leave your phone, you hold it up, and it will show you arrows to find where your phone is. I used this the other day. Super helpful. Sure. <laughs> I was in a big parking lot. Uh, again, of course, there are apps like this that exist on Android, right? Things like Deezer, Point, Gaskeeper Pro, you know, all of these types of apps, Nobex, all of these types of services work. But the fact that my phone is suggesting these types of apps to me is really cool. And I think BlackBerry's done a really nice job of curating to put some of those applications out there for people. And uh, that's definitely a, a cool bit. I know Alex's app is going to get an update sometime before the end of this year. He's gonna. Fix, he's <laughs> once gonna once fix. we get marshmallow on on uh, the priv, then I will. No, once we get we, we get on on the priv, I will update my freaking BlackBerry 10 app. That's never never mind. <laughs> exactly, it's never gonna happen. Can you just update the one like setting pane on the Z10? Like stop! I thought I, I thought no one knew about that. Anymore. I'm struggling. Just a little bit of overflow. <laughs> <laughs> Blaze is upset about his laptop. He got his hand caught in a freaking cookie jar. He was like, wait, no. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. Anyway, guys, we really do appreciate the continued support. We will. Make sure this is actually up for you guys tomorrow morning. I slacked last week. My bad. I apologize. (laughs) 
thank Alex for actually catching it and putting it up for you. Uh, again, you. that was my bad. Um, we really do appreciate it. 100 episodes is like a milestone for us, right? I know when we hit 50, we were stoked. And then we got drunk two weeks later on the, the downstream. <laughs> we're still going to be doing a downstream. Again, that'll be on episode 104, which is about a month away from today. So we still plan on imbibing. I did imbibe this one time to kind of celebrate. I haven't, haven't imbibed in a while. I was getting some negative feedback, but I was slurring a little bit too much. So I decided to pull back on that a little bit. I, I ended up looking like Brian uh, on these podcasts. Right? <laughs> uh, so I had to change that. <laughs> we really, again, do appreciate the support you guys have for the podcast, for Barry Flow, and, of course, the community in general, right? We do our best to help each other out. Another reason why I did that Facebook post, really. Stop harassing me on my personal account. There's a post out there. It's, it's going to be okay. Your Facebook experiences will get better. If not, by the priv, right? Just like Alex yeah. did. Alex has a fun fact for you uh, hot priv owners out there. Alex, why don't you close the podcast by telling them your anecdote about the priv and your overheating issues. So if your priv ever gets really warm, which it, it probably will occasionally. This is, this is a scientific study that Alex did. Scientific study. Um, I'm actually kind of curious what happens if I, if I happen to – never mind. It's not going to show up very well, but whatever. Um, a nice little, so my phone wasn't charging and I was wondering why it wasn't charging and it's because 43 degrees Celsius is pretty hot apparently. So I put it in front of a fan and then we see it go down to 43 Celsius, left it there longer than 40 Celsius and it was dropping down and, and now we're getting nice charging speed. So if your priv ever gets really, really warm, simply grab a fan and let it sit there for two minutes and uh, it'll start charging again. So. There you go. I guess that I guess that's better than the advice like put it in the freezer for two yeah, minutes. Yeah, don't <laughs> put it in the freezer because the air and moisture and things it, it'll, it'll, it'll yeah don't don't do that. Fan we should do the hot air freezer. and the cold. <laughs> yeah, there's bad things that happen. Can I just say I've never had my proof like overheat or anything like my proof has really. Has, Which yeah, one, please? Like, Come on, <laughs> it's a shop blackberry one. Oh, uh, so your carrier one is garbage then. No, I'm just kidding. Well, the carrier the carrier one is, well, yeah, it kind of... <laughs> 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 the, the one that I have from a carrier, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't uh, like working properly at all. Um, I, however, I keep the one that my... I have from Shop Blackberry works perfectly fine and has never overheated. So I, I believe that it's like, carrier crap that weighs down some of this stuff. I don't know. I have a lot of like apps, like clo like forced clothes and things like that. I, I noticed that if, I leave my phone charging a lot though. I'd say probably 80% of the day my phone is charging on an average day because I, I have a car charger. I, have, I, have a, I don't know. It's just how I am. Because then, like, when I go, if I, the off chance that I decide to go to the bar with some friends, my phone's at 100%. And all their phones are at like 30%. It's like screw you. Alex be hooking them up over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> charging his phone or it's their. That's how phone I get the girls. I see them over there with two bars on their iPhone. Hey girl, I got you. I got my BlackBerry. Brian oh is God. looking at you right now like you are a liar. <laughs> anyway, we do appreciate everyone's continued support. 100 episodes. We look forward to 100 more. Thank you guys. Later. Cheers. Peace. Let's get on that app.